Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Reese Show, where we interview experts to help you understand where technology is headed and how it will impact society as a whole and also your daily life. Thanks so much for learning with us and enjoy the episode. Hello, listeners. Today, I chat with Cat Woods, who has started a bunch of amazing stuff in the EA Effective Altruist ecosystem. And it's Cat, it's really cool to hear her perspective. We essentially tell a story from the start of EA 10 or 15, 20 years ago, where there was no incubation, no you know new like entrepreneurial things happening, and then towards this new reality where there's um, charity entrepreneurship and kind of her org super linear, these like places that are incubating amazing ideas for possible impact in the world. And so I think it's similar to like the venture capital uh, industry, which has was created again over only over the last 50 years, where it's like, okay, how can we create um, networks of uh, people and capital to allocate it towards impactful things in the world? And, you know, the business model for uh, VC is very clear with technology and, and kind of we're just now, and Kat's been working on it for 10 years, the model for how to do a similar thing, but with impactful charities. So definitely check it out if you want to hear the trajectory of impactful charities over time and how to create incubation ecosystems and angel ecosystems for them. Thanks. Hello, fellow pluralists. I'm Reese, the co-founder of Root, and welcome to The Reese Show. The century is a turning point in human history, and I'm here to help you navigate it. I hope you come away with a new understanding of the scientific, technological, and societal trends that are poised to radically reshape our world, and how you can work with those trends to become a live player in building a solar punk future. And to chat about that, today I'm excited to talk with Kat Woods. Kat is a co-founder of a bunch of cool entrepreneurial ecosystems in effective altruism. And here's a list, nonlinear, charity science, charity science health, and charity entrepreneurship. Kat, thanks for being on the show and welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to dive in. And Kat and I were just vibing before the show about how podcasts are so great because you just get to, um, especially for two extroverts, we just get to do what we were meant to do on the earth, which is talk to people. So so we're excited to kind of talk about that. And I think, you know, for both to ingest into our brains beforehand, the goal for the listeners and for us is kind of tell a story of how we went from this world of like kind of like no EA charity incubators to this world where we have, you know, many charity incubator kind of things with charity entrepreneurship, charity science, nonlinear. And so that's kind of the story that we'll be telling today. Before we talk about that, I just want to understand, Kat, for you, like you've done great work in the world. And I'm just curious, like what motivates you and where is your fire? Um. Yeah, so um. I mean, my ultimately, this comes down to like I really deeply care about the suffering in the world. I think that um, you know, it's it's really easy for people like us to like kind of like be like, and even us, like I feel like everybody's always complaining, like life is so hard, right? But like life is pretty good compared to like if you lined up all the sentient beings on the planet and like put them in order of like how much they enjoy their lives or like it or whatever, we're like just like at the very far right hand, and it's just like that's just not fair. And it's just terrible. And we can make it not be that way. I think that's like the two part thing. It's like, I think most people care. And then I just have this like, and we can do something like, or at least we can try. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, like, I think that um, I just, I have it in my head. Um, so like in um, Peter Singer is famous for this thought experiment of if you're walking um, by a pond and like, there's nobody else around and you see a child drowning in this like shallow pond, um, what do you do? Well, obviously you go save the kid. That's like the most obvious thing in the world. And if somebody didn't, you'd be like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> like, what was wrong? Bad, like, bad person, bad yeah. person. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And even if it was like, even if it, what if it ruins your shoes and they cost like 500 bucks? You'd be like, who cares? And, uh, and then his thought is like, okay, so you have this like obligation if there's like suffering to help and that that doesn't change if the person's on the other side of the world. Um, if you can still do something. Right. And yeah. nowadays, like the world is massive. It used to be that you could only help people who are super local and often you wouldn't even leave your own hometown. But like, hey, me and you are talking on other sides of the world. I don't even know where you are right now located. Right. And we're still able to talk in real time. So we are like our sphere of being able to help people has grown a lot. And um, yeah. And I just let me. Let me yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, let me ask you a bonus version of this, which is like, because I think I, I, that similar thing, and it's kind of cool, our sphere of influence is so big and that we can help people around the world and people into the far future or whatever. Um, it, but, and, and, but I think I definitely get the idea of like, okay, 
caring for the people you know like there's all the there's 70 billion factory farm land animals and there's you know still you know almost you know 750 million people in extreme poverty and there's all the people but like but but how does how does that actually manifest as like your like intensity or your fire or did you and part of this is a selfish question by the way i'm trying to understand how i as a human can be more intense so, <laughs> or to have you know it's like it was the tar- tarot reading a tarot reading that i was doing before this was just so i'm curious like how does that manifest in your body how does that do you get up and you're like man i want to do this or like is it after you drink coffee or like <laughs> is it a fear that is it fear that drives you tell me more about that yeah, I think I've probably just been intense since the get-go. The first time I remember anybody using a word to describe me, um, I was like five or something. They said I was enthusiastic. I had a lot of enthusiasm. So I, I think that's just been like always the case. Um, but I mean, it's just like a really strong emotion. Like I feel like, I think actually for me, part of it is just having like a really strong imagination. Like I think that other people, they're like, oh, I theoretically know that there's suffering. Like there's bad things happening. But like my imagination is so strong. It is like there is a drowning child next to me all the time. And I can't just ignore it. Like, I'm just like, oh, like, I, I think that you would also be intense if you actually were like, imagine you actually were like in front of like these dying children all the time. Like, I think you're, you wouldn't stay chill. Like you would be intense. Uh, so, so maybe that could be a thing is getting better at um, uh, like purposely empathizing and really vividly imagining it. Um, it's harder with the far future stuff. Like I still haven't come up with the best thing for that. Although actually I have come up with one that's like an interesting thing that maybe other people will enjoy. It's a good like, little like trigger in your environment that can remind you of something. So um, uh, at one point I was sitting with a friend in these, uh, the, the mountains in the Caribbean, which is amazing. And I saw this um, uh, plane flying by and you could just see the jet trail of it, right? And it was like really far away. And it looked like it was an asteroid coming to earth. And I had this thought, I was like, what if I deeply imagine right now that that was actually an asteroid and I knew it was the asteroid that was going to destroy all of the planet? How would I feel? I was like, oh my God, like I have to do something. All of my philosophy just goes out the window. It's not like, oh man, well, I guess I better be like, you know, chill about it. Like, no, dude, we could all die. That would be so bad. Um, and uh, so, yeah, now, and now I just have that whenever I see like jet chills in the sky, I'm just like reminded, hey. How bad that would that be if we were actually if it was actually about to all end, not just theoretically. Cool. Yeah, I love that. I think that there's um well a I'm, on on the first point, it's interesting because like I, I I think that um yeah you're very clearly enthusiastic. I'm also enthusiastic, but it's funny because you were told when you were five, and then I but I only learned that I was enthusiastic. But I'm like 31 now, but I was like 27 <laughs> or something. Someone was like, by the way, Reese, you're enthusiastic. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So it's just like a total lack of um, self aware. So I think it's just interesting too about these the different narratives, that, and it's just a, a reason why you know, it's so helpful to, to tell kids and it's just kind of like the Tyler Cowen, like tell, you know, raising people's, you know, level of ambition where it's like when kids are young and when kids, whether they're five or 10 or 15 or 20 or 25, just to continue to be like, look, you are, you have lots of self-efficacy. You're an energetic person. That's awesome. You can go forth and do things and you should, you know? And so, and so like, kind of like in having that earlier for more people seems powerful. And then I also like the, um, the asteroids piece. So let's talk about where that, where that energy is being channeled. And I guess at the beginning, yeah, the story, and I don't actually, I don't know very much about what this story um, is like, and you obviously were living it. Tell me about like, when you all started, when you started like charity science, um, tell me, I guess, tell me at the beginning of like pre-charity entrepreneurship, the kinds of like EA entrepreneurial things that you were doing, what the EA ecosystem was like at that time, and how you're trying to like move it forward with something, something like charity science. Yeah, yeah, man. So way back when, so yeah, like I first uh, discovered uh, EA in 2012. Um, I was 22 at the time. And uh, it was like super new. Um, and how is it different than it is now? It's kind of an interesting question. It was it was much less professional. This is actually like a thing that I, I feel sad about. I feel like we've lost. Just everybody's like, you know, putting on suits, interviewing for jobs. And it's like, dude, before it was just like a whole bunch of people who are just arguing endlessly online, you know? Um, and, um, and that just really doesn't fit with my, um, my, my vibe as much. But anyways, it's good. I am glad overall that this has happened. Um, and I'll just carve out my niche on the <laughs> being less professional. With the weirdos, with the weirdos. Exactly, yeah. exactly. There's actually a whole, um, like a little sub, sub movement. It's like called like Keep EA Weird, which I love. Um, definitely on that side of the, <laughs> the spectrum. And um, yeah, and I mean, when we started something, so it was me and um, uh, Joey was my co-founder, Joey Savoy. And um, 
we just had been working at, like we'd worked at a couple organizations before and then we had like just disagreements about how to do it. And like, we tried to change it from within that didn't work and, uh, or it worked like with mild success or whatever. And it was like, we just like needed to do it where we thought this was like, this is the highest impact thing. Um, especially back then, man, I'm like, I'm so much more, this is actually me at like, in some ways my most mellow, um, <laughs> which is really terrifying to think of me meeting my younger self. Um, but, uh, like I just really had this like, hey, if I like, and this is like working in global poverty. So like I had like the, if I mess this up, like babies die. Um, and if I'm not doing the most, then that's like really bad. And then I've had to like work on that and be like, okay, like maybe like ethically that is the right thing to do, but like psychologically you can't function that way. Like, <laughs> so it's like as long as like, oh, and people say like, oh, you can only do your best. And I'm like, dude, but my best is really hard to maintain. Like, like Dude, I've had like a period of like weeks to months where I've just been like the absolute perfect like uber human or something, right? I can't hold myself to that standard. That's unrealistic. <laughs> do not quite your best. Yeah, try, you know, yeah. like do do well, yeah. do well or something. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have quite the same ring, does it? Do ninety fifth percentile of your like <laughs> exactly exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So um, yeah, we just started. We started off really small. Um, and just fundraise a very little amount. Also, also back then it was like, oh, we're really, really, and also I think this is still true in animal rights and global poverty is like really funding constrained. And so like, there's this thing of like, oh, hey, every, every a bit amount of money that you take is like taken away from like children in Africa or something. And um, so uh, that was kind of an interesting thing. At the very beginning, I paid myself nothing. Like I went way, like this is like more, like I was at the, the far end of the spectrum of how, um, how, uh, how very literally and seriously people took this. Um, and uh, I lived off of like the first year was like $6,000 a year in like Vancouver. Like this is not like a cheap city. Um, and, uh, and then it just kept going up and we we're like, oh, how do we deal with like all of this decadence that's happening? How do we actually select our salary? Um, and then we ended up deciding um, that uh, we just say like, what if we took all the money in the world and you divided it evenly? How much would everybody get paid? And so we put, picked that. And that's cool too, because as the world gets richer, you can also get richer. Um, I don't know if you follow that anymore because like um, working in AI safety, there's like, um, there's just, it, it's more actually that we, we've got a bunch of funding, but we need more people who can actually do stuff with it and like actually move forward productively, which is like the current bigger bottleneck. And tell me, and tell me at the beginning of this, and I don't, and, 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 and I don't even know that much about, like, I know more, you should, you, you can model me as a person who knows slightly more about charity entrepreneurship and slightly more about, you know, non, you know, super linear, non-linear, but at the beginning, like charity science, like what were you all even, so it's like you had give well, which was a thing that was looking at charities and saying, we should probably give to folks in like extreme poverty and probably like, you know, give directly. And, you know, these like anti-malarial foundation stuff is really good. And then what was charity? What, what were y'all doing at charity science? Um, so at that time we were um, like a meta charity. So we're the charity that helps other charities. Um, Cause you know, just go like um, my expression is the meta, the better. Just like, <laughs> you just get more leverage the higher up you go in the, the chain. Um, and uh, so what we were actually doing originally was fundraising. We we're trying to get more money going towards the evidence-based charities. Um, but we we're actually doing it for not our charity. Like we we're fundraising for other people's charities um, and doing stuff like that. Um, and there was like a few like fun wins there. So like one at the time, so I was working on global poverty and animal rights. Um, and uh, at the time we thought that one of the most evidence-based uh, ways and cost-effective ways to help uh, factory farmed animals was to um, basically have people watch videos, like compelling videos about it, right? And that you could do that through like putting up Google ads or like you could put up like putting like ads around the internet um, to, to lure people in to watch the, the horrible things and, and then change your accents. And, um, and then I discovered uh, that um, uh, we had uh, Google grants, which is like a thing where, um, and this is actually a good thing for people to know, just in case you're listening, it's like, yeah, if you're a charity, um, I think, I forgot what it was, I think it's like $100,000 a year you get of free advertising from Google. Um, and it's super, super easy to apply to. So we just did that for like four or five charities and just got like basically around like $500,000 worth of ads of like the most effective interventions that we thought at the time um, for doing stuff. Although that was actually like a whole other interesting thing. So um, uh, I was also involved. We started, we ran like the first RCT that at least I've ever heard of still to this day in animal rights. Like previously all the studies, mm -hmm. like if there was anything, it was just gonna be like a survey or observational and we ran an actual RCT on uh, leafleting, handing out leaflets about uh, um, everything. And what I found really interesting about this whole experience um, 
was that uh, like basically me, like I analyzed the data and I came to the conclusion that it had no effect or at least no detectable effect. And the other people who are on the team analyzed it and they found the opposite. And that was like, like that was I think probably the first time in my life where I really had this like all of a sudden like my confidence intervals of like how, how confident am I in my beliefs just had like this massive like increase or like, oh, oh, I was totally wrong. And actually I'm not even sure how wrong I was because other people look at the same data and disagree. And it's just gotten wider over time. Like right now, I'm like way less judgmental yeah. than I was when I was in my 20s because I'm like, I don't know what's the best. I could be a total, yeah. like totally wrong. This could be barking up totally the wrong tree. And um, yeah, so. Yeah. It's kind of like the strong ideas weekly held thing where you're just like, hey, I think that this is probably amazing. And like, we should probably go into this direction. But like, I don't know at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I love, by the way, the, the meta, the better. I'm 100% going to use that. And that definitely is my my instinct as well in life. And, but, and then tell me like one other question here, which is like, so charity science, was it, did you feel, because like what you have, like the stuff, like charity entrepreneurship is a thing that incubates nonprofits. And, and you know, in your current kind of incubator, which is um, nonlinear, is a thing that incubates nonprofits. With charity science, I guess you weren't necessarily... Um, that you weren't kind of a thing that was, were you a thing that was incubating other things at the time? No. Or were you just kind of like, hey, okay, yeah, you were just like, I feel like there's some um, space in the world where s- some impact can occur and, and that that impact needs to occur and I'm going to go for it. How did you, let me ask you one other question here, which is like, how did you do the kind of idea maze, survey the landscape, explore, exploit, whatever, of being like, okay, what is the, where can we help out? How did you kind of do, what was that process like? Man, I mean, there were so many things, right? I think like, um, for me, especially, a huge part of it is just arguing with people constantly. I think that, like, I spent most of my 20s just having debates with people all the time about everything, about how to have the most impact. Um, and that's the best. Um, yeah, just uh, very much like I'm an ENTJ here. That's like a, or um, anyways, um, of course, you know, that's not scientific, but whatever. It totally describes a person. We all know it's true. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so like, there's like a lot of debating. Um, there's a lot of Okay, so how I describe it, each each time it's been different. I think the time that we did it the most systematically, and that was like, like I, I'm really happy with the process is, um, so when we started our second charity, Cherry Science Health, um, that we actually had, like we had a team of four, and we actually um, took like, we took like, the list of, Gibble uh, had a list of charities that they think like, they thought might be really effectful, like impactful to have, right? But they hadn't done all the research yet. And so we just went and took four people and did six months of full-time researching and like systematically comparing them. We had like a list of questions to ask. We had questions like, okay, um, uh, one of the things I think is actually the most important for doing that sort of research was um, like, it's just time-saving. There's like a million opportunities that you have to pick one and um, was to ask yourself the question, what are the factors here that I think are most likely that I can like, do, will rule it out? Like, what are the most likely rule out factors? How do I quickly zoom into those and try and rule out an idea? So it was very like, it was instead of like being like, oh, hey, I had this brilliant idea in the shower. Let's go do it. Um, it was more like, oh, hey, here's like a giant list of ideas. We're going to try and kill them all and then see which ones are still standing at the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. And that's, that's what charity great. entrepreneurship oh, yeah. is still doing. Like, so charity entre- entrepreneurship is the third charity. That's like the incubator. Um, and they're still following that process. I'm sure they've iterated a bunch in the meantime. So I'm sure it's even better than it was before, but like, that's like the general process. So, um, well, first try and destroy, but I think like actually like, and that's what, what EAs are really good at. Like effective altruists or EAs are fantastic at trying to destroy things. But I think like the next step that like we provide and like as part of my ethos is like, first you try and like find all the problems and then you try and solve them because usually there's a way to solve those and make it like, or like, you know, mitigate it or something. And then like, most people just give up way too fast. They're like, oh, I had this idea. Oh, but there's this problem. I guess it doesn't work. And yeah, usually you can just keep going. I mostly, honestly, but, and then eventually you do find some things that are probably better. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and, and before talking about deeper about charity entrepreneurship, I guess the, so yeah, what I'm hearing is, and, and the debating thing I actually think is really good. We're just like, and, and the, the kind of like recommendation, both to self, to you and to the world is like, you know, just the thing of like, or, or what I'm hearing you say is, where you can just be with people who are be with the affinity groupings that you want to affinity with and then just chat with them a bunch. And that really is extremely powerful. And you're just able to do that in the world. You're able to chat with folks 
and um and whether it is if you're in silicon valley and you're like building things and testing them and you're chatting with other random like founders or if you're on um you're, you're doing ea and you're in berkeley or whatever california and you're like chatting about like the future of ai safety or if you're just on the interwebs and you're like in some random twitter sphere and you're like you know in teapot this part of twitter or something and you're like vibing on you know like um inter- uh, you know uh, ifs um uh, in our family <laughs> systems that's not the right word for that. um and so whatever that might be it's just like to kind of to vibe is actually like a very productive process in itself and then as you said this kind of um rule out process is very you find the problems and then and then do some validation of like okay what, what would be the biggest things what are the biggest risks here and how can we de-risk them um and or maybe they just die so 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 tell us about the next part like charity entrepreneurship you're going forth and and what um i guess i'm curious like and maybe just to talk and I know you're not necessarily like part of the charity entrepreneurship team, <laughs> but like, what is the uh, eeny teeny peeny shrimp? There's this great, that's what I like to call entrepreneurship eeny teeny peeny shrimp. Um, but um, <laughs> tell us more about the start of um, charity entrepreneurship and the kinds of um, impact it's had or how it thinks about incubating and what your role at the beginning of it was. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think like the, 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 um, the way I think of the beginning of it was before it was definitely an organization was um, so we had done this research for charity science health. We'd, we'd found the one that we thought was best, but we had kind of our top five that we were like, okay, let's be reasonable. We can't start multiple charities all at once. So we'll just like pick the best one, but we'll publish our top ones just in case. Right. You know, who knows? Maybe it's just like, it's just good to be transparent or whatever. And, um, and then later somebody reached out to us and said, Hey, like, I really like your ideas. I like what, I, I love this. I want to start one of the things, but I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Can you help me out? And um, so we gave him a bunch of coaching and consulting. Um, ended up giving him some seed funding, and he ended up starting like a charity that was really good, like probably better than our charity. I mean, it was like, oh, oh, like that was so much easier than starting our own charity. How do we scale that up? Like, how do we make that be the thing? Because that was like, and it also fits like way more with like my personality, also with Joey's um, of like, it's much more of the, um, yeah, like being at the beginning, like, you know, um, like kind of like a coaching mindset. And at that point we'd started two charities. So it was kind of like, okay, we actually have some background that we can actually provide that like coaching and actually be valuable. And um, yeah. And so then it, and that game started, it's um, like, and it, it's one of those things. So like, um. Uh, for me, one of my biggest underlying things for my strategy is this idea of passive impact. So, like, it's like passive income, where like you know, if you if you um, in, invest in an index fund or like are renting out or like a million other things, where you know you put in the initial capital, some initial like investment, and then mostly you can just step back and it's making money on its own. I really want to have that for impact. I I am foundationally lazy. I don't want to have to keep doing work. Um, <laughs> And also, it's just way better from an impact perspective, right? Because if it has to be reliant on you putting in time and energy, it's like, well, you're a limited human being. And so this is just like way higher leverage. Um, and incubation is just great for that because you can just set up the original thing and uh, then like step back and then they're like working on its own, right? So like that original first charity that um, was incubated, like they're still running. They got like a bunch of money from GiveWell. I forget what happened. Anyways, it's good. They're being very successful, helping lots of people. Um, and now that's just turning out all the time. And then the cool thing too is that like, okay, so like charity entrepreneurship generates tons of passive impact. Each year there's like cumulatively around like five to 10 new charities, right? And then they keep happening in the background while we add more. And then I step back from charity entrepreneurship. So I don't even have to do the incubation anymore. This is amazing. <laughs> it's still making charities and I have no idea what they're doing. Um, it's fantastic. Um, and uh, so that's kind of like the general idea with like nonlinear as well. Although I'm actually kind of experimenting with more different stuff right now. So um, I was originally planning on being more like the original charity entrepreneurship. Um, I'll just call it CE because like that it's too long of a name. I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Charity uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Nine <laughs> syllables. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, so with nonlinear, um, uh, I was thinking of just doing the same. But then I realized that. Um, well, like there's like all this range of how much you invest in a charity. And, um, so it can go from, Hey, you start it yourself. You dedicate the next 10 years of your life for this thing. Um, all the way over to, you had the idea, you told at least one friend about it. Um, and like everywhere in between. And, um, 
So I'm thinking, I'm experimenting with, or I'm, I'm thinking of experimenting with, this is like still in the ideation phase, so it's probably gonna like change a bit over time. Um, so um, maybe that by the time this is published, this will be a different idea, but generally seeing if there are ways that I can do it with even less. So like one thing I'm considering doing is, um, I'm a real big fan of, um, I mean, basically like a way you can model is just trying to be like almost like an angel investor, but in EA or like for altruism, um, the altruistic angel investor. Um, oh, can you still hear me? Very good. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, um, or, but, but with more of, okay, so in charity, like one of the things I did in Cherry Science Health was, um, you know, people often think that when you give to a charity, like they go and do all the stuff that they say they're going to do, right? But often what happens is like, they're actually working with a million different other charities and different charities are doing different aspects and like this whole complex web of everything. And one of the things you can do is so like we were trying to get people to get more vaccinated in India. And uh, what we did is we basically put out this like request for proposals or like an RFP um, for charities saying like, hey, if you if you have local contacts in your community, we need to go door to door and like, you know, sign people up to the program and people would apply. And it was great because like they had the existing networks. We didn't have to go in and try and be like these external people who are trying to like build up networks. It's like, no, 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 they're already there. Like This is a great program. Everybody agrees with it. But anyways, so. What I loved about this is it's like, oh, hey, you can just get people to do things with money. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's amazing. You can just like turn money into people doing things. And, and you don't have to manage them. That's the cool thing about it. It's like, it's like you're just like, it's just contracting it out. And so what I'm really excited about is setting up more of, I put out like, um, and this is essentially what happened. Um, well, okay, so, so I have done this just this year with um, setting up like a hiring agency in EA. So like EA is wonderful at many things. We're um, not the best at social skills. That's like as a community, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're good at the intellectual stuff, I swear. Um, and uh, so like hiring is like, you know, a lot of social skills. And so like, I think it's really good to have like the hiring agency that can like specialize in that, knows everybody can like, you know, connect people and everything. And with that, I basically just put out a, um, like a funder like wanted that to happen. They're like, I think this is like valuable. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, I'll just, um, I'll like basically put out the word that like we want to have founders for this. And then we'll like evaluate the potential founders and then pick some. And, um, and then we've been like mentoring them, giving them seed funding and everything. But just doing that without necessarily having to be the one who gives the mentorship. Like, again, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, I'm good at hiring, like, I'm better than like a lot of people, but I'm not, I'm definitely, I'm not a recruiter. I'm not the person who's actually like, you know, like, I'm not actually necessarily the best person to give advice on this. And then um, just also giving essentially that away. So being like, okay, what I can do, or what we could do is set up like this um, thing where like, okay, we think these ideas are good. We think somebody should be doing them. We're just going to post up a thing saying like, hey, we will, we'll fund somebody like the right team to start this. And we'll introduce you to mentors. And that's it. And that's like very much like the 80-20 of incubation. And sure, you're going to have like less of success according to your values, probably, if you do that. But you can also have way more rolls of the dice. And um, and then also, yeah, like you can just, yeah, like, yeah, you can do more rolls of the dice. And right now with, um, with long-termism, one of the things that I find really frustrating with the whole uh, thing is I don't feel like an action-oriented person compared to most humans. Like I feel like I'm really like theoretical pie in the sky. But compared to all other EAs, I feel like I'm just like, I'm like a plumber. I'm like the most practical EA. That ever <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you're the one out here who's like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Versus like writing of the things and making sure you tread lightly and don't actually write some code that might yeah. into the, you know, in the human race or, or release some kind of info hazard that would, <laughs> oh no. And so there's like, it's like everybody's walking on eggshells. It's like, it's fine. Like, let's like try to actually do some stuff. Um, the, um, so what I'm hearing is there's a, um, uh, I love, yeah, I like the frame of passive impact and it's definitely, um, a, you know, mo, mo meta, the beta vibe of like, okay, how can you, um, and you can imagine in the future, all that would occur is there's just like a little AI that models you. And then it, what it does is it does its own direction of money, um, and direction of mentorship resources. And you just sit back, you have a nice pina colada on the beach. And then your AI is like doing the, like the, the money uh, division and people yeah. uh, mentorship. Um, but no, I, I think it's interesting. I think that the way it's cool to, to like, yeah, I think there's something really powerful about, you know, backing all the way off the stack. It's like the charity science health stuff. It's like, hey, you guys did the, A, 
part of the, the ball game here. And, and as folks go through the world, it's like what you're doing is you're looking at where there might be value. And the, the value in something like entrepreneurship traditionally is like talking with lots of customers, skating to where the puck is headed from a technology perspective and kind of like seeing like, oh, this could actually be valuable for people. Oh man, people actually really want this and there's this new technology, like great. But and from an entrepreneurship perspective, it's um a lot of the power is just like looking at, you guys just looked at a initial give well thing and said, look, here's a bunch of charities that like might be good, but we don't really know. And you're just like, oh, there's just a clear value there. Like these are possibly good things that we want to uncover, blah, blah, blah. And so you did that, highlighted the top um, one. And then yeah, as you saw, there's like, okay, cool. How can, and there's this question of of like, and to some extent, this is the capital versus people funding constraints, both within EA and in the world. It's like, okay, how can you give money and there's always a balance with this stuff of like when can you just purely give the capital injection it sounds like india or the the vaccination thing was an example of that where you're just like these are people on the ground who already are doing great work and they just need more capital and so do a little rfp and then allocate it to 10 percent of them or whatever versus some stuff which needs both a capital injection and kind of a mentorship or kind of agency injection um is that how you i guess yeah let me let me think about this so that i think roughly makes sense um, and, and, and I guess, you know, so now you're doing, and I guess like, tell me, tell me about the kind of EA, um, angel investor thing and kind of how you see, what would it mean for someone to be an excellent EA angel investor mm. and, and, or how are you kind of starting to do that now? Good question. Okay. So I think like one interesting thing about being a, an investor in altruism compared to in for-profits is that. Um, like with for profits, like usually the worst that can happen is that you lose all of your money. I suppose if you go into debt to invest, then you can like be in debt for forever. Um, but usually, usually the worst is like the, 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 the upsides could be like crazy and the downsides are capped. And the, the weird thing about, uh, doing charity work is that you can easily accidentally make things worse. I think this is like ridiculously common. Um, I think that like on average, if you have altruistic intent, you tend to make things better in expectation, but like you make it worse a lot of the time. And depending on your philosophy, making it worse can be so much worse than making it better that actually it's like bad to do. Um, and so I think that having a good sense of like, not only just like, cause like, so, and that makes it so you can't be as risky as you would with like a regular angel investor, like angel investors uh, in the for-profit world, they can just invest in like a, a bajillion. And then if one turns out great, awesome. But like, Imagine that it's like, oh, hey, if you bet on all these people, there's like at least a 20% chance that some of them will lose, like actually take money away from you and you will end up like being in debt for forever. Um, and and also it can go really bad. So in AI safety, like a big problem is like, like um, at least with the like, global poverty or animal rights, it's like, okay, well, I mean, the worst that could happen is lots of people die. Um, but in this case, it's like, oh, everybody could die. And or the world could be paved with suffering for eternity, like you know, no big deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so having like not like I still think you need to be like um, not super risk averse. Like I think that the EA community as a whole tends to be overly risk averse, or at least the people who are very public. Maybe it's actually privately, people are fine. Um, but we do definitely need to be more um, aware of risks and aware of actually making things worse. Um, when you're investing. Um, one thing I was having for that though, that I thought would be like a cool thing, although, okay, so this is, I'm just gonna be thinking out loud here. I have not figured this out yet. Um, but is that if you give, um, okay, so how do, how do I wanna say this? Um, yeah, so, so one thing you could do is, so um, if you're worried about accidentally making things worse, um, what you can just do is set it up so you're like, hey, I'll give you funding if you can convince this other funder to also fund you. And I know that they're more conservative than I am. And so like, if you can convince them too, cause like Kat is going to be much more like, yeah, go do it. You can do it. And like, maybe we shouldn't do that all the time, just like a lot of the time. Um, and so that could be a way to get around it. Um, but I still, but then I think like, you know, so you have like the risk of you do too much and that, or you do the wrong thing and that makes it worse. Right. We also have the risk that you don't do enough and then we all die as well. Right. So it's kind of like, it's not like, Oh, like, I think that people have this, like, oh, there's a risk of doing and we're ne neglecting the risk of inaction. And right now, like my, my default is that like, if, if the world continues to go as it is and we don't do more or figure out the right thing to do, like, we're just probably all going to die. Like we better hope that moral realism is true. Cause that's like the only thing that'll really save us. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that there's like, 
It's interesting because I think I hear what you're saying on the upside downside risk. I think that there's a, um, you know, yeah, which is like, hey, that there is obviously, I mean, clearly, you know, the downside of a startup uh, when you compare and even even startups that had quote unquote larger downsides, which were things like, I don't know, the negative externalities of, uh, you know, Facebook in Myanmar or the negative externalities of um, some kind of Palantir for ice thing or something like that. It's like those are that those things are. Um, yeah, obviously less than the uh, the massive, um, uh, you know, AI safety, you know, and, and, you know, X risk there. I think that there's a, um, yeah, it's interesting because I think that there's like, well, but let me ask you another version of this, which is continuing to kind of, uh, or let, let me, let me, yeah, yeah. So, so when I imagine a healthier, and I think we're getting closer, closer to a healthier um, kind of EA funding ecosystem, which is, you know, back in the day it was zero and then it was um, OpenFill. And now we have OpenFill and FTX and now both OpenFill and FTX do regranter stuff. So that's good. So now we actually have, instead of like just like a small crew of like 20 people who like decide where the money goes, it's like, now it's like, okay, there's like, um, uh, you know, hundreds of people that are, that are obviously allocating stuff. And I imagine when I think about there's something I'm, I'm continuing to pattern match from kind of ex- like the the Silicon Valley kind of um, angel ecosystem where you have this like interlocking network of folks who are all kind of status signaling with each other. They're in conversations. They're trying to find the most things. They're foam. They're worried about getting FOMO'd out of some kind of grand slam. And so I don't know. Is there is there other kind of like a I mean, and, and I'm not sure you know more about the FTX like regrant or ecosystem than I do. But like, does that like network of regrant of network of angels ea angels exist and if so are they what are they, they're looking for these big wins but then the wins don't necessarily like for a normal angel it's like a huge win allows you to add it to your thing and it allows you obviously the financial upside so how do those kind of like um how's the network looking and also how is the like grand slam fomo working yeah okay so um, oh, one thing I actually want to add there. So like, um, there's another big funder that I feel like a lot of people don't know about that I'm trying to like get more people to know about because it's great. Um, uh, it's a survival and flourishing fund. It's, um, uh, how much do they give out? I think is it, is it still, is it a lot compared to open fill and, I don't, and no, I, um, I think like, it's like in the range of like, like single digit millions to double digit millions each year or something. So, I mean, like you can still get like very sizable grants from it. We got like a big grant from them. Um, and what I love about their system is uh, they have it, they've like, I don't know, I'm just like, one of my ideas is actually just to copy their thing and make it public so we can use it for everything. But actually, I'll probably just try and convince the guy who's running it to make it public. And then there you go. I don't have to do S- any work. S-process stuff? Yeah. Yeah. The S-process. It's so cool. Okay. So like, it's amazing. yeah. And um, what's like the general thing of it? It's like, um, each person's like a regranter. They can regrant out various things. Um, and then they get more re- like money based off of... Um, like in the next round, based off of how good they were at predicting whether like Jan liked the the donation or not. Um, and um, what's the other thing that I thought was really cool about it? Oh, they don't have, so like they have like much less of a veto system. So like I feel like right now with like a lot of the other funders, they're like, oh, if any one person really doesn't want like it, then it gets nixed, right? And EAs can't agree on anything. So a lot of things get nixed. Um, and with a, like SFF, what they do is um, if any one per- person is really excited about it, then it tends to go through. And yeah, I think that's just freaking great. Um, so that'd be good. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, so what do you imagine? Maybe maybe I'd love to hear from you as you become, because I could see, you know, more meta the better <laughs> mindset in this kind of passive income. Like if one thing I could see you shaping going forward is this kind of the, the EA angels ecosystem. What would you want it to look like in five years or whatever? Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah, so I think that I would love for, um, I think right now, a lot of people who are really entrepreneurial might come across EA and bounce off of it because, um, a lot of the culture is just, yeah, <laughs> my, my, my partner actually, like he definitely like, wouldn't have, it. I just came along and I was like, no, 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 keep trying. Like they're worth it. I swear. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, it's just like, I think that um, like it's a very critical community. Like if you post something online, like I feel like usually people are going to be like, yeah, or they ignore you. Like they don't usually be like, hey, here are all the reasons you're wrong. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I don't know exactly how to fix that, but I would want that to be fixed. Because like the, the problem is, is that like actually that that is both a bug and a feature. It's like the reason why EA is like good in my mind is because we're willing to like not just be like oh hey yeah just try your best try and do good it's like no 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 let's debate it let's try and figure this out and you can't get anywhere if you can't disagree um and uh so that's really good but like i wish there was like a way to like you know 
like have like a little smoke signal to the the, the entrepreneurial types be like come this way like here like it's going to be like a, a, a nicer thing for that um i would love there to be just way way more um people doing outreach trying to talk to people working in like ml and getting them to like you know seriously consider the this uh safety argument uh Right now, um, there's this thing of like, oh, we're really worried that like, what if we do the outreach wrong and it's, it's bad and people like have like a negative backlash, right? Like you can see this happen sometimes with like vegetarianism, right? Like you go like, you know, you have PETA who just goes around, like makes it worse for all the vegetarians. So like, come on, PETA, stop it. Um, like it's making it worse. And like AI safety has definitely had those sorts of people where it's like, oh, wow, like, yeah, doomsday, everything's going to die. Like, you know, boo tech, and you're like, no, no, no. Okay. But like, like, I mean, that could happen. Like, we actually do need to talk about that and then make it, but like, have it be like serious. And I think like right now, um, like there's like around like 150 people working on AI safety. And like, we need, like, we need tens of thousands of people working on AI safety. This is like one of the most important and interesting questions of all history. And we've got like 150 people working on it. Like, yeah, I want way, way more people. And it's like going in that direction. It just has been becoming more and more like a legitimate thing. Like people just like, you know, you can just say it now. I actually say it to like taxi drivers and stuff like that. I'm just like, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, ah, try to make sure AI goes well. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense actually. No. <laughs> yeah, because it could be the best, right? Like it's really, it's, it's the most motivational thing in a, uh, in a way, right? Because it's like, oh, hey, if it goes well, it could be like literally the best thing that's ever happened. And then if it goes poorly, it could literally be the worst thing that's ever happened. And so you kind of got a very good carrot and stick. <laughs> and do you think, do you think, yeah, so, so what I'm hearing is that like, if you imagine, and I'm going to actually double click on this question in a second, but like, yeah, so the, the, the EA community, so is a, um, to have it be less, yeah, the feature bug, superpower shadow mindset, I agree with, which is that it is a, um, yeah, the criticalness is obviously extremely good, but it's also like, if you're a new person to it, who has entrepreneurial builder energy or whatever. And you're kind of like, Oh, and if you go to the, and that's, that's why the kind of FOMO within like the Silicon Valley world is so powerful because like you come in and people are like incentivized to say yes, you know, where they're like, Oh man, this is like an energetic, smart man or woman who's here. Like I should probably give them a million bucks, you know, <laughs> cause like that is, um, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's probably going to be good versus in the EA community. It's more like, like there's a little bit that we're like game respects game and you can like see like, you know, smart folks coming up, but there's like maybe a little bit, not quite enough of the like um yeah finding ways to 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 mitigate the the bug side of the of the criticalness and then the other side is like yeah the getting more people yeah it's like the classic you know capital constraint people constraint where it's like we're so people and, and i think yeah the ea at the beginning had some worries and now it's just like the cat's out of the bag you know and so yeah. there's a um <laughs> and so 150 people working on it reminds me too of like some of the, the things i've I don't know that much about the EA plus China stuff, but it's like, that's great. The great power relations, like the fact that there's like essentially just like one random house in Beijing, like that, that's most of the like China EA presence. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, what, what, a, what, a, what a quote unquote failure. Um, so, so I think, um, yes, but let me, let me double click on this, which is like, if you imagine your own role or maybe, maybe let me ask this question. What are the things that you're excited to either existing projects that you're excited about that you're kind of incubating or like, future th ones that you're starting to think about like what if this is like a, a juicy area this is a juicy area what are some things ways that you see yourself kind of incubating or contributing in the next you know one to three years yeah yeah so um uh the the project i'm probably the most excited about is um i'm calling it the idea market that's the working title it might be the actual title in the end um and uh the way i describe it is it's like a decentralized automatic um prioritization research thing so I'm trying to like design something that will like automatically filter up to the top, like the best charity ideas. Um, and then also have that, like, and then ideally what I'd have is like, so what I'm kind of imagining in my mind is, you, um, or I was about to say, do you know, no, no, no bad list, but maybe people don't. So no bad list is this like website where you can like just find all of the best places to travel. And it like, it's like, it basically like filters, you can filter it by everything, right? So you can like look by a city as like, oh, is it warm in winter time? Is it, how good is it for women? How, um, how much living does, does it cost like all sorts of stuff like that and it's like really cool you can just sort by all the things you care about it's amazing you should go definitely go spend some time on there if you haven't already and um i want nomad list for impactful projects like i want you to be if you're an entrepreneur you come in and you can just see which are like the best ideas like really quickly that and like filter by your experience and your particular interests right so you can be like oh hey like i'm i really care about ai safety but like i'm not really technical 
and um, I want something that's like, you know, more secure or whatever. And you can just punch that in. You can say like, hey, I'm looking for something high impact, non-technical. Um, and, and then it'll just see those things. And I feel like that would be awesome. And then the, the second step of that is so like, how do you actually set this up to prioritize based on those things? Um, so I can describe my grand vision. Um, there's also the MVP version, which will be much simpler. <laughs> Um, like the grand vision is that everybody can add any ideas they want. Um, anybody um, can go and vote on the ideas they think are the best and that we have some sort of uh, system. Like, so there's two um, different voting systems I'm considering. One is very much like the EA forum where like the more karma you get, the more your vote counts. And so you can hard upvote or downvote things and like that will count for more. Um, but another I'm really excited about is just saying up like a, a um, prediction market for people being like, hey, what do I predict is going to get funded? And like, or like the, um, different like funders are going to think are like high impact at a certain point or something. I don't know exactly the payout, but like there's probably something around that. Um, and uh, and then ideally what you can do is you can have funders go through and they indicate which idea. So it's already being prioritized by this like decentralized arguing system and um, and like people doing prediction markets. The funders come through, they indicate which ideas they'd be interested in funding if the right person started it. And ideally they would actually even put down how much funding they'd be excited to put down. So then, then there's like this big fat like price signal on the EA, like the ideas. And so that then as an entrepreneur, you can come in, look at this and you can be like, oh, hey, like this idea totally seems up my alley. And it looks like there's funding if I'm the right person for it. And like, I can just click this thing and then it will like send my CV and like my application or like whatever to the funder. And if they're interested, then like I can do more stuff. And I think this would just be like a way better way to allocate um, like all this, like we have like EA is filled with like such talented people, holy shit. Like, the EA community will give you imposter syndrome, like guaranteed. Like it's just <laughs> so annoying. And like, like, but we're not doing anything with it. I feel like people come in and say like, okay, I'm convinced of AI safety. Like, what do I do? And they're like, I don't know. Like, are you a genius at ML? Like, if not, we don't really have anything for you. <laughs> it's just like, this is stupid. We can do better than this. And this would be a way to do that. And then also have it be like the funders can like basically be like, hey, I have this idea. Because like the funders in EA are actually like pretty knowledgeable and values blind, right? Like they're really smart people. So um, like if they think an idea is good and they're, they're like aware of the community and everything, right? Like then it would just be great if they could just have that money and just like turn it into like somebody actually doing it without having to like do all management. Then the entrepreneurs can find the good ideas and then I cannot do anything. This is the dream. <laughs> <laughs> more better the better exactly. yeah the, um no no I, I mean i and i i agree with a lot of this i mean i think it's like um yes and it's, it's it's obviously as as one comes to um and it's just similar to, to various random things that we're thinking about at root where it's like you know just like the information ecosystem being upstream of stuff and the way to use and it's also a lot of you know crypto adjacent ideas where and, and what you want i think that the nomad list for charities is a good way to describe it or a nomad list for like a charity ideas or impactful charity ideas it's interesting too because i think you know the where price signal price signals are kind of our way as a human organism for determining like where we should put our attention and time you know like money is not some kind of negative thing it's just like here's where the value is um or at least the value a proxy for value and so i think that there's like um trying to we we have this okay um like the job market is a version of this where it's like there's essentially price signals from everybody saying here here are certain jobs that exist within the world and then you can go and you can search on the yc list or the eighty thousand hours of the ea hiring board or whatever and you can like kind of see where valuable things where possibly valuable work is um and and then the question here though is like how can you add price correct me if i'm wrong but i'm hearing what i'm hearing is something about like price signals being up even more upstream of like the job themselves but like instead on the idea is mm -hmm. that kind of what i'm hearing yeah yeah exactly exactly and 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 do you think um yeah it's interesting because i think there's like a um yeah these things are funny questions where and, and to correct me if i'm wrong but like super linear which for those who aren't aware is kind of like um it's like an x risk um pro like a crowdsource x risk prize pool where like um there's a bunch of ftx regranters with 40 million dollars of aum who are looking to put money on x risk adjacent stuff and but they don't have enough places to put it and so this is a way to say like here's um impactful ideas for where you might uh where these x risk regranters would actually want to put their funds is super linear do you see that as kind of like a proto example of this like mvp kind of? yeah yeah like i do think that it um yeah it, it provides like price signals for people to do stuff um and it uh like i actually think like at, like right now super linear is is for prizes slash bounties so it's like oh you only get this if you've completed the thing but um 
ultimately we're kind of probably going to go towards like it's it's RFPs but or it's bounties but also RFPs. So you can also have it be where it's like, oh hey, we have the money, we're going to find the right people and then give them the money beforehand. And so it does a lot of that. The thing is, it's just for um, it's well, yeah, actually, yeah, people can just add their own things. So. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of that. So it's pretty good. We just need to add a prediction market. And then there you go. And the cool thing about the prediction market, if you combine prediction markets with prizes, wait, okay, so let me see if I get this right. I always like get confused with a freaking um, impact certificates or whatever we're calling them, like impact yeah. tokens. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, but uh, what was it? So it's like, okay, if you think that somebody could get a bounty, like you could invest in them to try and get it. And then like, potentially make a profit and have some percentage of it if they do win. Um, so that could set up like a cool, like, you know, speculation, you know, EA speculation bubble. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love it yeah. too, because it, yeah, I think there's a, um, it's funny because also as, as one goes more upstream and more meta, the better on any of this stuff, what you lend towards is, yeah, like essentially crowd curated, AI curated information, knowledge, collective intelligence ecosystems that do price signaling stuff. And that's on the kind of like idea side. And on the people side, what you end with is um, essentially a version of indentured servitude, but, but, but like positive indentured <laughs> servitude, which is like these ISA, ISA style things where you're kind of, invent, you see cool people. And then there's some kind of like, if you get in early on the person, then you're like, great, this seems good. I'm going to point because, and we have a version of that now. It's like, oh, here's a smart person. I don't know what they're going to create, but I'll like invest in the company technically mm -hmm. but in fact it's really just our way to invest in people because we're not allowed to um in any case this has been um we're at we're essentially at time here cat and i guess um thank you yeah for sharing about i mean it's cool to see i'm excited to see where the moment of the beta goes um in the next 10 years and um yeah do you have a if for folks who want to check stuff out um definitely check out cat on twitter um it's cat underscore underscore two yeah. underscores <laughs> uh woods w-o-o-d-s um at twitter and then also you can check out if you just google i mean for me my favorite one is like if you go to nonlinear.org or super-linear.org those are um kind of cool projects that she spun up recently kat do you have anything else to uh say to our listeners um Probably it. Although one thing I would just add is um, you can also check out the nonlinear library, which is um, a passive podcast of um, it just automatically turns all of the top EA and rationalist content into audio and it's like like in podcast form. So if you just look up nonlinear uh, library on any podcast, you can listen to it there. And so if you're into any EA stuff like that's like a great place to go and like to start binging stuff. Binge, binge away, yeah. people, binge away. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Kat. And thank you for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening today. If you like the show, please give us a five-star podcast review or subscribe on YouTube. And if you'd like to chat about this episode with a community of amazing, smart, ambitious, divergent people, come on by and join our Discord. You can find it at root.co. That's R-O-O-T-E dot co. And then finally, if you'd like to contribute to these ideas being shared more widely in society, you can support the podcast production team at patreon.com slash Reese Lindmark. That's patreon.com slash R-H-Y-S-L-I-N-D-M-A-R-K. Thank you so much.